What a beautiful song. Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and we make a playlist. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church and sometimes campus ministry here in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Pierce. I am the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder. And, uh, you know, we got to get that Chicago Bulls music going, Matt, because this, this kind of oh. feels that sort of like, like we're yeah. coming out of the tunnel here. People... Uh huh. I think it's gonna work for us pretty good. Can you imagine if the Bulls use this as their? <laughs> I am certain, Matt, that you have dreamed about that. I have, I have dreamed about it. No, the Alan Parsons project. Serious? Oh, it's ADP, a. Yeah, you know me. Oh, so I mean that is just ingrained. The problem. So um, I love the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Zach, I got I got some new headphones today. Got some oh, new headphones. Dang. I went with the white and red because they reminded me of a Bulls home jersey. And I was like, that's what I'm going this time, Bulls home jersey. Uh, but my issue right now is that I live in Los Angeles and currently the television promotions, it just TV billboards everywhere, uh, legacy, the story of the Los Angeles Lakers. Really? And, uh, and then every commercial ends with Magic Johnson telling me that the Lakers are the greatest franchise in NBA history. And I don't care how many champion, how many uh, teens of championships uh, you have. Uh, mm-hmm. Just enough. I don't. I don't need. The, I don't need the story of the LA Lakers. I don't need it. I don't need. It. I'm just gonna watch the last dance again. Is that the? Is this the Hulu one? Because I never actually got around. I think I know, it's, it's, uh, it's probably on Hulu. Patreon subscriber. Um, oh my gosh! I can't. Will Rose uh, got into the HBO one. And uh, wanted us to talk mm. about it, but I never got around to them. I didn't watch, yeah, the the one with, uh, what's his name in it? Yeah, with, uh, this is good content. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's got a bunch of actors. It's not a documentary. It's the like the Adam a, McKay project that Will Ferrell McKay was project. on. Adam McKay project. Division and uh, Will <laughs> Ferrell, John Wright, Universe. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't watch that either. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah, this one's on Hulu. Yep. NPR says legacy offers a blander history of the LA Lakers showtime era. Dang. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's fun. Anyway. Um, yeah. All I know is well, we, I, we beat y'all in the 91 NBA finals. And that was, that was it. Uh, hopefully Luau Deng in the 2022, 23 bulls will, uh, he still plays for them, right? Um, <laughs> Matt, I think we got some musical notes here on the top of the uh, podcast. Uh, number okay. one, I want to make a recommendation, a musical recommendation. I probably mentioned it on here. We've mentioned it a number of times uh, that, that we are, and I certainly am a large fan of Earwolf-produced podcasts, uh, especially your, your comedy bang-bangs. Uh, you and I have bonded mostly over the musical podcast with Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott uh, that started off as you talking you two to me, then became are you talking REM, re-me. And then there was a short-lived RC, RHCP-styled uh, podcast that became you talking, talking heads to my talking head. Uh, Matt, there's a new musical podcast in the Earwolf universe that you got to check out. It's called CBB FM. So it is within the, the walled gates. You got to be a, a member of comedy mm-hmm. uh, bang bang world, CBB world. But they uh, Scott has a show it comes out once a month called CBB FM. And it's like, it's the radio version of, uh, of you talking on YouTube to me, right? So he gets one guest and Scott 
and the episodes are like three hours long and they just play music and DJ it essentially. <laughs> they pick a year, like they're, they find a year that their guest is particularly interested in. And uh, notably Scott still has an iPod with all of his music, like on the hard drive, you know, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> like with thousands and thousands of songs and they uh, play songs only from that one year and talk about them and you get the full song. Uh, so that's pretty cool. You should check it out, Matt. I'll download them illegally and give it to you so you can check out the, uh, check out the apps. That sounds awesome. I want to hear about every year in the nineties. That's what I want. You know, Scott's older than us. So he, there's been a lot of eighties <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right. Which is good. That. You get exposed. And yeah. it's like super eclectic. Like there's a Manzoukas episode and Jason Manzoukas musical tastes are as eclectic as you would think. Um, He's pretty great. With enough to keep you rooted, you know, because that's the mm-hmm. that's the problem with my local community supported radio, KGNU, here in Boulder, mm-hmm. is it is so eclectic. It is nearly unlistenable because you like turn to the <laughs> dial and it could literally be any sort of recorded sound. You know, <laughs> yeah, it has some of like the the PRX shows, like it's the the Democracy Now sort of stuff, like in the morning. Mm-hmm. But then it could be the honky tonk hour, which if I knew it was like, and I'd go look for it, and like that'd be a jam, right? But then it could be mm-hmm. um, Calypso fusion Korean music for an hour, or like it's just like you have no idea what you're gonna get and what you're gonna get. You re- requires a pretty refined palette <laughs> that you have not done the work on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we should get them on the podcast and see how the playlist turns out. Are we talking about Adam Scott or uh, KGNU? All of the above. Adam Scott, Scott Ackerman, all together with the Vinyl Preacher on KGNU. You're only going to be able to listen to it via terrestrial radio in Boulder, County, it's going to be great. Matt, I know that you posted something about music on the internet. Um, it was on Facebook, which is a website I try not to go to these days since it is actively destroying our society and world and harming humans. Uh, but I was there anyway. And um, I saw you had a picture of a Killers album, uh, Hot yeah. Fuss, on hot there. Fuss. It looked like you might be getting hot and fussy on the internet about an upcoming Killers show. <laughs> TLDR for me. So fill me in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the backstory is I just you know the Killers have put out two albums in two years, and I, they've just been so dang good, and it's got me thinking about my history with the Killers. But then in the last few weeks, uh, people I've been telling people like, oh yeah, I'm going to this concert this weekend. I'm like, oh, who are you gonna go see the Killers? And then I get this like blank look. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy. Or they might. What's that? I'm glad you're happy is the thing they might say. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are they like not politely um, or even just outright judge me, um, <laughs> uh, which, which also happened. Um, and, and then, but usually people have no idea like who it is. Uh, so then I might say Mr. Brightside. And then you, usually more often than not, people, people probably recognize that song, which uh, I, it's just, that's interesting to me. Apparently that song is still, you know, it's just, it's out there. That's, that is a little um, interesting. I would, I'd put somebody told me right up there with it. Yeah, right? Because I remember, like, at the time, somebody told me I think that was the first single, and I remember that. Um, but it does seem like over the last 20 years, like, yeah, Mr. Brightside, it just keeps coming back. Um, Side's too bright to shine it on through. 
So anyway, this band is uh, meaningful for me. They also, they also never covered this band on like the New York Times podcast or anything like that because they're just not popular enough, right? Like they're not Beyonce and they're also mm-hmm. not like an interesting, like they're not Kendrick where even if they don't like his album, they're going to talk about it. Like yeah. no, but that's like, the level you want to get to where where people <laughs> produce hour long podcasts about your work that they do not like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you want yeah. to be. So like the the killers are not like I I just have no idea how to gauge how popular they are, um, but I really like them, <laughs> and I've always liked them. But like you know any relationship with the band, like you know I was really into that album. You know what I missed that album because I just I don't know it was life. Uh, so I'm kind of tracing my own history with this band. Uh, it feels it feels a little bit like those podcasts that we were talking about with the REM and the U2, where like mm-hmm. they're gonna talk about what they like about this album, but also where they were. <laughs> Where yeah. Alan Scott would be like, yeah, this is what my life was like in that year. Um, that so is what makes I, I was, those podcasts so good, by the way. Yeah. Listener, is like, yeah. it's not just, because you get that, right? Like, I don't love music podcasts, <laughs> to be honest, right? Like, yeah. I don't listen to a lot of them because yeah. they don't play any music most of the time because they're scared <laughs> of copyright things, right? Um, and then they're just talk about it. And like, there's mm-hmm. a, there's like an audio it's like a where music fandom and audio philia like come together you know and they get like really deep and maybe i don't know the music theory the production of it and stuff mm. and there's some interest to that right it's kind of like song exploder right like yeah. song exploder dumbs it down enough for you to be like oh wow like and that's for real like song exploder yeah the show and the the podcast right like have really yeah helped me understand how music comes together and like enhanced how i listen to it but they yeah. dumb it down a lot versus like a two hour podcast about the production quality and stuff. Right. But what makes right. I, for me, what makes those, those, you talking you two to me is uh, in their ilk. Uh, so good is that they, they do that personal stuff with it and they do mm-hmm. it really in depth. Right. Like that story that in the REM podcast where Adam Scott talks about walking behind people and putting, speaking behind him and putting headphones on their ears so they could hear exhuming <laughs> McCarthy. Which yeah. I listened to at that age in my development, which is not as cool as Adam because it was uh, the early 2000s or late 90s or whatever, and not when the music was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so much more relatable and gives it the mean, gets into the meaning and the context and all that stuff. It's yeah, yeah, that I love. So yeah, yeah. So where were you when you first heard the killer? <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, as I wrote about, I was living in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. And uh, do you want me to give the whole, I mean, you know, it was this, it was this time when uh, I'm trying to like, we got some criticism last week, Zach, that our intro time is too long. Some people, oh. people are saying we don't get to the. <laughs> people are saying, and this by people, one person story, in particular. One, one person in particular <laughs> seems to think that the content towards the end of the podcast is good. So that's a compliment. <laughs> to be fair. This is the vinyl preacher, and at least we're talking about music at the moment. So I feel yeah. like this is half the title of the podcast. Um, it's the first so, half. It's vinyl so, and preacher. So yeah, I mean, just so in general, take um, like I've gotten to the point in my life where I I don't know how to talk objectively about music, but I'm more interested in like my own relationship with it. And so it's mm-hmm. like yeah, like I have like a history with this band, and so I'm gonna take some time to like explore that history and like you know, what it's meant to me. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Um, and to answer your question, yeah, the killers uh, burst out of the scene. Uh, first album is 2004. 
Uh, but this is also like a time when there were a lot of like young rock bands that were doing like this kind of pop rock dance thing. Uh, and there were a lot of them like the hives and the strokes who I was never into. Cause I always felt a little too New York for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, who else? Franz Ferdinand. We listened to a lot. Um, the Kaiser chiefs. Like I just remember a lot of these bands, right. And they had names like that, like Kaiser chiefs, killers, strokes. Like it was a plural, like article plus a plural noun. Like, yeah. It's like a whole thing. In. Right. It was a whole thing. The shins. Um, <laughs> the, shin, the shins. Yeah. Like, the so doors? There were a, Wait. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Uh, there were a whole bunch of them. The Killers just felt like one among many. I do think they're, I mean, I think we enjoyed their lyrics particularly because some of them were like, I mean, you mentioned somebody told me earlier and that was one where it's like, like the lyrics fall on top of each other and it's like, what mm-hmm. is happening in this song? Um, you started to see some of the Killers' ridiculousness, which uh, Pitchfork, I think, once said in an, in an album review that their ridiculousness and their greatness are tied together. Like you cannot yeah. separate them. <laughs> So you start to see hints of that. But again, like, I feel like at the time, early 2000s, that when their album came out, like, there wasn't a whole lot to distinguish them from the other bands. Like, they were good, but you didn't know who was going to break out from the pack, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they actually <laughs> broke out from the pack or not, but they did in my life. And I'm going to I'm gonna explore why. I'm going to explore yeah. why. I like it, Matt. And I think that, to take some liberties here, Matt, like, that's your approach to the killers and and your little thing there on how you can't approach music objectively um, is the part of doing biblical stuff that I'm Mm -hmm. much more interested in these days. Um, That, you know, and listeners of the podcast will, will know, right. I enjoy doing the Greek stuff and getting in there and doing the social science stuff. Uh, that's in there but the thing that i think is more interesting for you is for me as a preacher and as a human right is more of that subjective reflection on its experience and how it has shaped my life um and so you know yeah there you go look at that constructive content in the first half of the pod that's right that's right we did it we hope we we hope that was better for you listeners we look forward to hearing your feedback I do have one unrelated uh, story from table because yeah. it is craziness here. Oh, I'm about yeah. to go to table and stuff. I tabled on Monday morning, oh first gosh. day of class. Got a great setup. Uh, full confession. I have to make a confession, Matt. We all have to pay for our sins. Um, I talked about how important uh, baked good quality was for me. Mm-hmm. We were doing baked goods yeah. on campus. And right? um, real life happened. And I bought three dozen donuts from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and it was fine. It was yeah. fine. Uh, students like the box. I didn't go grocery store because I feel like having the box students. Mm. Some people love the donkeys. That's not me, but like other people yeah. do. Uh, so I was giving away. It was great. And I was telling students, have a great first day. And I told this one student, have a great first day. And they said, you too. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> and I was like, why don't I get to have a great first day? And they were like, oh, well, you're not a student. And I was <laughs> Like, number one, I used to be confused for being a student. And so I take offense that you yeah. think I look so old that I couldn't possibly be a student here anymore. Uh, and number two, you don't have to be a student to have a great first day. There are a lot of people having first days today that aren't students. So mm-hmm. uh, listeners, I thought you would enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's good. That's good. Tabling is real. Um you're, you're a big fan of succulents uh, at tables. Succulent day. Uh, I can tell you, it's it's spread. Uh, the succulents have spread to Southern oh, California. Good. There was another table. The crew, 
Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, which is now my shirt, to Crew. Crew had succulents, and one side had a sticker that said USC, and the other side had a QR code with the Crew logo. Mm. But mm. it was already pre-potted, so um, oh. they clearly haven't. You're on another level with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we require potting. It's a potting station, so they have to hang around for a while and we talk to them. Oh, man. Well, we need to get into text, Matt, because I had to go out and pot some plants and succulents and stuff. Let's do it. Uh, so these are the texts for the 13th Sunday? <laughs> At this Maybe. point in the year, in the summer, you can say whatever number and nobody's going to argue. Nobody cares. Uh, but it is September 4th, uh, 2020. Proper 17. Two. Uh... Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 20. Moses said to Israel, all the let me start over. Moses said to all Israel the words which Moses commanded him. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and the length of days so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. That's a, it's a really pretty text. Very poetic. I like it. Yeah. It, it can be difficult to hear with Lutheran ears, I think, because uh, at least my interpretation and experience, uh, especially growing up in the uh, Bible Belt, with uh, Lutheranism's perspective is pretty anti-choice that it's um, mm-hmm. that, that one of the important things that Lutheranism has to say is that God is the one who makes the important choice in choosing us and not us choosing God, right? Reframe that and it's, it's not about us choosing the works that will save us, um, but about God choosing to do the work that does save us. And so a text that is so clearly about choose life or death can be a little difficult mm-hmm. to hear and yet... I think that is always important for Lutherans to add, um, to move from that piece of good news to saying and acknowledging the reality and embracing the reality that what we do in the world matters, um, that the choices we make between life and death often do mean life and death, uh, and that there are easier and more difficult ways to live into the world that God is calling into being, and that the choices we make matter. Uh, and that's the context for that old you know, sin boldly quote, Matt, is um, your choices matter. So, but because, you know, God's choice matters more, uh, you can make your choices boldly without fear. Um, Not without fear, sin boldly. I don't know without fear. Uh, You can really go for it because uh, God has this thing, but you do need to, we do need to make uh, good choices and to make them full heartedly and boldly. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. No. Amen. I mean, it's it's definitely a Sunday to talk about choice because uh, Jesus will get to that as well. Um, 
and like you said, like we're going to make choices. Like we, we make choices every day. Um, it's about our understanding of those choices. Like where do we couch that? What comes first? Uh, there are plenty of theologies out there, particularly loud theologies uh, that say you got to choose first. You got to choose and then you get your salvation depending on how you choose. Uh, and this is a little bit different. Like it's a little bit more nuanced um, to say, no, like God makes that choice first. Uh, but then in response, like we make choices and it's, it, that order is really important. Um, so here's an opportunity to preach on it. I like it. Matt, we talked about it on this podcast a couple of years ago when it came out, the HBO series Chernobyl, uh, mm. which was so good and horrific and sad but so good in, in a way that only those of us who are Enneagram fours uh, can appreciate uh, but there's this lo- line towards the end where uh, you know it's mostly from the perspective of like the the chief like scientist who has come in to like figure things out afterwards uh, and he has a line where he says every lie we tell incurs a debt to the truth and sooner or later that debt is paid uh, mm. Just a super powerful line. It's really ominous when it comes to in that context. And it sounds scary (laughs) in general to say, but I think that's a part of where we're headed in these texts because it's going to flip it a bit, right? That to say that we can make the choices, we we are free to make the choices we make. um, And yet the choices we make that are opposed to, that deny the truth um, are debts that will be paid. The good news, right, is the truth we're going to get a little picture, clear picture of what that truth is in the next two texts. Uh, it's the truth, especially in this Philemon that we're about to hit, right? It's a truth of a God who will give that God's heart away. Uh, uh, and it's that self-giving love sort of thing that's going to come, that, that cannot be denied um, and that will repay debts. Hmm. Yeah. I'm also really struck in this text um, by that image of the land, which uh, mm. can be so fraught, um, particularly the specific land that Moses is talking about here. Um, and I'm not very qualified to get all into that, but I just think that image of the land, um, whether that's land Cleveland? Uh, where we live, whether that's the land of Cleveland, the land where you live, I just think it's a powerful image. Uh, it might be worth worth unpacking. Yeah. Um, it's also, last thing, and then we can move on. The Old Testament's always so good, though. It's so hard to move on from the Old Testament. Um, this, uh, sort of prep my, my confirmation for this year, trying to decide if I'm going to use man and mercy again. Uh, but mm-hmm. this has me thinking about wilderness school, right? And this is part mm-hmm. of, like, the way that Erlander sets this up is that um, Deuteronomy is, like, this speech that Moses gives after wilderness school. So, like, all these commandments are the things that, like, it's like a graduation speech. It's like, and okay, you just spent not just four years, uh, but 40 years, uh, and I've been I've been training you up. I've been teaching you how to live. The commandments, this isn't just like commandments you're going to get in the future or like a constitution. No, like this is like what God has been teaching the people um, over time. And so this is like, I think that's an important context, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they're looking back on their experiences. He's looking back on their experiences, like all those things you learned, now carry those with you as you go into your next chapter. I like it, Matt. I like it. I also like this letter, uh, shortest book of the Bible. Uh, Ooh. We, I like that. Five. Why does it say Philippians 1 to 20? Just Philemon. You don't say Philemon 121. Isn't it just the whole book? Is this the whole book? <laughs> I, don't know. I feel like it might be. Good question. 
Let's look it up here. Philemon, Philemon. Lots of debate. Um, yes, that's correct. This is the whole book. I'm going to read the book of the Bible on air. No, it's not the whole book. Almost. It ends it. It has like three more verses. You know what? Just finish part. it out. Yeah. Just finish it out, people. Oh. You're reading a whole book of the Bible. Yeah. You just like tell people to get out their bingo card. It's like, I've been meaning to read a book of the Bible. Well, we're going to do it together today. Okay. Uh, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, to Athea, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. When I remembered you in my prayers, I always thank my God because I hear of your love for all the saints and your faith toward the Lord Jesus. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good that we may do for Christ. I have indeed received much joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, my brother. And so for this reason, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do your duty, yet I would rather appeal to you on the basis of love. And I, Paul, do this as an old man and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I'm appealing to you for my child Onesimus, Onesimus, whose father I have become. I've become his father during my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to both you and to me. And I am sending him. That is, I am sending my own heart back to you. I wanted to keep him with me, that he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he's wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. I say nothing about your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, let me have this benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, confident of your obedience. I am writing to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. That's where the reading ends. And uh, it, the book ends with, and one more thing, uh, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be in the area soon or restored to you and answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and as do Mark and Aristarchus. Demas and Luke, my fellow workers, uh, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. I like it, Matt. I like it a lot. It's great. It's as great. As Paul goes, I am a fan of this one. <laughs> Why are you a fan of it? Well, you know, you have to see through some of the, the language, the intricate language that Paul can use here. But essentially, Paul is imprisoned um, and... He's been with Onesimus, who was evidently hanging out with Philemon and the crew, and uh, things did not go well, and he got kind of kicked out of that uh, situation. And yet somehow in this imprisonment, perhaps Onesimus was imprisoned with Paul, Paul became a father to Onesimus, which is some good adoption language, uh, which is going to lead us very nicely into the gospel in terms of reconsidering family. Uh, and then he, Paul has this line. He sends him back. He has changed um, and I love that line. I am sending my own heart back to you, mm -hmm. uh, which is, wow, you know, that's just great. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's what it's about. Um, can you give your heart 
to people. Um, mm-hmm. The call, and that's the call and the promise, right? The call to, to give your heart to someone and to the world and the promise that the world, that the, the, that the other might give their heart, will give their heart to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very personal and very specific. Um, and, and I think really good for those reasons. And I think, oh, I mean, it's always, um, you know, to dive into a text that is, uh, you know, in a world of slavery, you've got slavery here. How are mm-hmm. you going to, how are you going to tackle that in the text? Um, but I think, you know, you can look at it as like, we're always working within these systems, right? And so uh, Paul can be working for greater liberation, however he understood that. But like the gospel can be working for liberation and also um, help individuals at the same time. Like both things can be true in the same way that we can provide direct aid to somebody and also be working for uh, changing within systems. I think it's, it's okay to say that, right? That both things can be true. It's like that scene from This Fool in uh, maybe episode one, where they're baking the cupcakes. Hulu shows it's somewhat of a pair. I saw, we saw the first two episodes, yeah. The cupcakes, so incredible. Uh, I thought we were going to be doing homeboy. solar panels. We've got to sell these cupcakes. To... Uh, and the Father Greg figure stands up in front of, their, they're learning to bake cupcakes, all these like former gang members. And he's like, congratulations on help taking the first step to end uh, the industrial prison complex and like all this like diatribe. And then he goes, uh, and also, you know, taking control of your life. Uh, <laughs> it's both things, just like this text, man. It's both things, both things. It's great. It's just so good. Oh. Well, we get a gospel this week, Matt. That's exciting. And it all ties together pretty neatly. It does. Gospel from Luke 14, 25-33. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So, therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. I uh, don't know why we don't use this text on Mother's Day or Father's Day. Uh, yeah. It's a great way to talk about Jesus' vision of uh, the family. Matt, I think there's there's a little slicing and dicing going on here. Uh, we, we skipped a whole other like, little pericope in Luke 14 from last week. Um, and I think it actually, this can connect nicely to that to that dynamic that you just lifted up of addressing like the liberation of the world and also like the transformation of one person is going on because this 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 reading i think is very big very big picture very macro uh that that jesus is really clear here in some ways it's the continuation of the practical jesus from last week um and and i think what i'm hearing here is jesus proclaiming this is the scale of what I'm doing 
and this mm. is what it's going to take. Like, this is just really clear uh, Mandalorian style. This is the way. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is how we get to the place I'm going. Uh, and he's really clear about that. And it's really big. Interspersed into these readings are these stories of, um, you know, two weeks ago, the bent over woman. There's there's individual healings like interspersed into it. So that Jesus is doing both the things. But that what we hear cutting out this particular chunk of it is a very cosmic and a, a, a cosmic and, and practically cosmic, which is an interesting twist. You don't normally get like, um, you know, liberation of the whole world and some really, it moves into like practical advice, which is the mm-hmm. surprising thing uh, yeah. about this story. That's a little jarring. Who of you doesn't, uh, when you are building a tower, doesn't figure out how much it's going to cost or to figure out what it's going to take mm-hmm. in order to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Cause the, cause what Jesus says it's going to take to do it is uh pretty dramatic right it's giving away your heart uh mm-hmm. in in paul's words yeah yeah it's disowning your faith like that's the like i mean that's what jesus like i've only talked about it a trillion times on the podcast um blowing up that sort of tribal family system uh mm-hmm. structure that, that society was built on is one of the main things jesus is doing especially in the synoptic gospels yeah. <clears throat> no, it's certainly true. Um, it is the cost of discipleship. And that intro is really important. The large, now large crowds are traveling with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's to the large crowd that he starts with these really challenging words. Um, he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff, Zach. He's going to really see like who's committed, mm-hmm. who's really committed to this thing. Um. But it's also another just good reminder, you know, large crowds are not everything. <laughs> it's not the end of the story. What are you um, trying to tell me during Welcome Week when I'm know, recruiting students? Right? Like, <laughs> sometimes there are these practical considerations. Sometimes you do need enough to be sustainable. Understand that. Understand mm-hmm. that. Um, but uh, but there are seasons where, uh, I mean, at least in my community, we have, sometimes we have fewer people, um, but, pe- but that group is more deeply committed. And that is sometimes, uh, that's, Sometimes what it looks like. Um, I feel like we got this practical advice a few weeks ago too. And it's always um, a little challenging to know what to do with it. But I do think, you know, once again, it's like the gospel is for real life. The gospel isn't just, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. romanticism, but it is embedded in real life. Just like the music of the killers. The gospel is for real life. Sure. (laughs) They're really down there. Matt, I... uh... I've got good songs this week and I'm going to start it off Matt, because I love this. Uh, you know, it's really dramatic. So of course I love that in the De- Deuteronomy, choose life. I've said before you life and death, choose life. Uh, I'm going to put a song on the playlist from back when uh, Kanye was doing a little better job. I think making life choices, uh, putting together an incredible <laughs> album called graduation. Uh, and I'm going to put good life on there. Uh, Cause that's, uh, that's what the, uh, the future to which God is calling us. At least in that Deuteronomy text. Uh, and then Matt going with a classic because I do. I've fallen in love already. I wish I was preaching this week. It is Labor Day weekend, so uh, people not as many people get to hear your amazing sermons this week, preacher. Uh, but I love this. Uh, I'm sending you my own heart. Gosh, that's so beautiful. It could be could be in the Smith song. Um, uh, I put a piece of my heart, Janis Joplin, on there. Ooh. Take it. Take another little piece of my heart now, baby. Mm-hmm. And finally, Matt, in the gospel, we're looking ahead to the future. You got to plan. You got to make some plans. You got to think about the future. 
And uh, Alabama Shakes uh, got a lovely song about future people uh, who are going to change the world. And so uh, there's a bit of a call in these texts to be future people and not just, you know, everybody likes to say live in the moment. Moment is important. Uh, Jesus also drawn, you know, that's not the only thing God says to us. Uh, also, it calls us to live into a future. Yeah, Portugal the man would tell you live in the moment. You know, that's what Portugal but, period space of the man period space. The they man. really remixed the uh, the old early aughts band name situation. You go with the <laughs> plural, and they're like, they started off as Portugal period the men, but then they, you know, <laughs> things are different now. Things are different. Uh, well, with this text, uh, that especially that Deuteronomy text talking about the land, um, I was at work. Last night, and my kids sent me a video of themselves singing This Land is Your Land, which apparently they learned in school that day. Um, they learned the, only the first verse. So yeah. Yeah. I sent a response video back with the next verse. Uh, so we'll see how long we keep that going. But uh, it's always, you know, I'm just, I'm glad they're learning that classic, classic song. I like it. Uh, I would, I would put the uh, the Woody Guthrie version, obviously uh, a Stone Cold classic, but also like there are also lots of fun versions of the song. There's one in Spanish by Sonas de Mexico, um, but I'm partial to Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Uh, this land is your mm, land. It's really, really good. Like really, it. really good. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we get to some killers. So let's let's think about some some songs about choices. Like, are we human or are we dancer? It's an important choice to make. You got choices before you. So there's one choice. Are you human or are you dancer? Um, and then uh, and then from there, I was I was laughing about whether they were down to earth, but actually their most recent album, Pressure Machine, watch me get all earnest, super down to earth about the town where Brandon Flowers grew up in. Uh, and it's just, it's a classic. Uh, but West Hills uh, opens that album and it is just evocative uh, and so, so good. But also not only about uh, land, uh, of the West Hills, but um, the choices that the protagonist makes and just some really good biblical imagery in there. So, yeah, that's what we got. Oh, killers were really hitting, hitting their stride there. Matt, I'm going to throw one more on there, inspired by that quote from uh, Chernobyl that, uh, you know, uh, every lie we tell incurs a debt to the truth that will eventually be repaid. Uh, you know, I love a good California song. Uh, and uh, one of the newest ones that have really made it into my... Uh, my playlist for California songs is uh, Loudon Wainwright the Third's Gray in L.A. Are you familiar with that one? Mm, no. Oh, it's so good. You got to listen to it. It's nice and like, uh, but here you go. I'm going to give you two verses. When it's gray in L.A., I sure like it that way because there's way too much sunshine around here. I don't know about you. I get so sick of blue skies whenever they always appear. And I sure love the sound of the rain pouring down on my carport roof made out of tin. If there's a flood, then there's going to be mudslides. We all have to pay for our sins. Whew. So, uh, yeah, wow. I love it. It's uh, it's about how great, you know, it's your uh, uh, June gloom sort of soundtrack mm -hmm. here, Matt, but it's also kind of like poppy and like it's a minor key, but it's like it's got some, you know, we're not the audiophile people at podcast, uh, a little poppy. So it's got that like this disjointedness uh, tension to it. So mm -hmm. check it out. Gray in LA, Loudon Wainwright Buther. Awesome. Good stuff. Good playlist. We got good ones. Well, it's been real. Real vinyl.